When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. McDavid centers one timer score. Oscar Clefbaum and Edmonton strikes again in overtime. This time it's Clefbaum. He takes the snap. He looks to the right side. He's throwing to the end zone. There it is. Touchdown Eskimos. Duke Williams. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Dental plan. Lisa needs new braces. Dental plan. Lisa needs new braces. I don't know, for some reason, that's been in my head for the last couple of days. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, Edmonton prospects tonight, 7 o'clock at REMAX Field. They won last night in Medicine Hat. The best of five series is tied at one game three tonight, game four tomorrow, as the prospects try to pull off another upset and move on to the league championship series for the third consecutive year. The Eskimos in Vancouver, they play the BC Lions tomorrow It'll be in this time slot, 6 o'clock for the countdown to kick off. The game will begin at 8. Second of three meetings between the two teams this season. They played back on June 29th. You probably remember the Eskimos got off to a lousy start and then completely took the game over, winning 41-22. We had Travis Lule, Lions quarterback, on the show last night. He is always a pleasure to talk to. Man, that dude has been through a lot in his career. And uh, I don't think the Lions have a very good roster, but Quarterback being the position that it is, if you have Lule back there, uh, you're always going to have a chance. So uh, the Eskimos ready to go. Jeremy from Glendon texting in right off the hop. Hey, Reed, I like the Eskimos' chances tomorrow. Seems like the Lions are missing that one punch that separates good teams from great teams. If we can keep them from getting any traction early, the Eskimos won't have a problem. Glad to see the defense coming around. That goal line stand for two downs against the Riders really impressed me. I still have a migraine from cheering so much. That is from Jeremy uh, from Glendon. Uh, he added something else to this text, which is not sports-related, but it's amusing, so I'm going to read it. Uh, Jeremy says, I challenge you to come out to the pierogi festival on September 1st for the pierogi eating contest. Well, Jeremy, I will have to check my uh, availability. I don't know how many pierogies I could eat in a quick succession. I, I enjoy eating uh, no doubt about that. I enjoy pierogies, or pitahe, as we say uh, in Ukrainian. But um, I don't know how many I could put. What's the time limit? Okay, Jeremy, if, if you're still listening, and hopefully he listened for more than the minute it took him to send that text in. Jeremy, uh, how long is the pierogi eating contest, and what's the record? So, like, how, how long is the window that you have to... And can you uh, use any uh, toppings? 
Uh, no, the hot dog, the guy that does the hot dog eating contest, yeah, Joey, Joey Chestnut, Chestnut, he dips them in water, right? Yeah. So could you dip the pierogi in a little bit of sour cream? That just might fill you up more. My question, eat, my question would be, is Joey Chestnut going to be at the big pierogi for that? Well, I don't think so. I think he sticks to the hot dogs, Kellen. No. That's... <laughs> I'd like to see him try to eat as many pierogies that as would he does be hot fun. dogs. That would be fun. We'll have to try to get a competitive eater on Inside Sports. That, that, that might be fun. Yeah. Uh, that is a Texas 6-30, But in terms of the sports part of that chance, I mean, I, I like the Eskimos' chances tomorrow. I, again, I always put it this way because when I, when I say, oh, I think the Eskimos are going to win, I know there's the superstitious Eskimo fans who are like, don't get cocky, don't say that. Uh, I, I, I put it this way. The Eskimos are favored tomorrow against the BC Lions. That There's a way that should make it comfortable for everybody. The Lions, 2-4. Uh, and four. Eskimos at 5-2. and two. And when you consider the Eskimos' defense, uh, much criticized, especially in the uh, early part of the season. But there have been some pretty impressive performances by the D. Now, I'm sure, against maybe, uh, not not maybe, against varying uh, levels of potency when it comes to opposing offenses. You allow 30 against Winnipeg. You get crushed against Hamilton and allow 38. The defense got picked apart that game. Uh, you're not good early, but allow 22 against the Lions. 20 and 15 against the Argos. 23 against Montreal. 19 against Saskatchewan. Uh, I mean, a couple well over 30, but the rest 23 and under. And, and especially when you're 20 and under in the CFL, you should win the majority of the time. And I, I think they've uh, they certainly had some uh, injuries in the secondary that are getting ironed out a little bit. We'll, Morley will update us later on in the show about the, the lineup changes for tomorrow. Uh, guys getting healthier, guys coming back in the secondary. Uh, the linebacking core has been very strong, and the, the D-line is getting better, and the guy leading that uh, player we had on the show last week, Kwaku Boateng, who is really showing a lot of promise as a rush end. A huge game against Montreal. Now, Montreal's not a very good team. I'm sure Jeremy from Glendon uh, could have got a few sacks against Montreal, but but he got in there against the Riders a little bit, and he's becoming more of a disruptive force. And and here's the, here's the thing that it's it's foot, football is one of those things you know you you call the play right. I mean it's it's a static play. So offense is calling this, defense is calling this. They might adjust in terms of how they see each other lined up if you have time and your your players are quick enough, smart enough to do it. So a lot of times when a play doesn't work in football you say, well, that's bad play calling. Well, why would they call that? They must have known it wasn't going to work. They must have known it was a lower percentage play. And certainly Benavides has faced that as a as an assistant head coach and a defensive coordinator. Uh, you know, I know I got some buddies who are Eskimos fans, a couple buddies who say, you know, he doesn't blitz enough. There isn't enough pressure. There isn't enough doing, uh, you know, something exotic or a little different up front to try to throw the opposing quarterback off. Uh, you know, fair enough. But a, a lot of times when it comes to coverage... Especially earlier in the season, you saw guys, you know, quite wide open in the secondary. Now, is that Benavides calling a passive coverage, a safe coverage, or is that simply some some athletes in the secondary learning their jobs and maybe not being aggressive enough? And I know when I talk to Blake Dermott about play calling, he often says, "Reed, bottom line is we're not sure what what play was called, right?" And you can make the same argument for the offense. If Mike Riley throws an incompletion to Darrell Walker. Um, 
did he really want to throw it to Duke Williams, but Duke Williams just happened to be covered well by the other team, and he had to change his mind. So you, you can always break down the play calling, and, and, and I know Benavides has been criticized a lot. I mean, he's probably got it the worst in the last two and a half years since Moss became the head coach and they've had most of this coaching staff together, Benavides has probably, I, I think, got it the worst from fans about some of the play calling and defensive performance. But lately, defense has been pretty good. I mean, that game against Saskatchewan was a close, tense game most of the way. And, and yeah, Saskatchewan got some big plays, but but the Eskimos' defenses, uh, the Eskimos defense made some big stops when they needed it. And Jeremy highlighted the play from from the the plays from the one yard line, they stop the quarterback sneak twice. Then Thigpen gets in. Then they stop another quarterback sneak. Granted, Kalaros dropped the ball, and, and then they stopped uh, Watford when he tried to go around the edge uh, and get in. So the Riders the Riders ran five plays from the one yard line against Saskatchewan or against Edmonton last Thursday, and one of them worked. Now, granted, if you get the yard, you get the touchdown, but that's a a heck of a goal line stand. So, look, the Eskimos are a good team. What, again, and uh, this is, what, my fifth summer hosting Inside Sports, so probably the fifth summer in a row I'm saying this. Even the year the Eskimos won the Grey Cup in 2015, what are we sitting here saying? The Eskimos are a good team. Oh, what's going on down the highway? The team that never loses. Virtually never loses, uh, like what, six losses the last two years in the regular season? And then two in the playoffs. They just have so, so again, what are we sitting here saying about the Eskimos? They look really good. Can they beat Calgary? Whereas I think four of the last five Labor Day series have been a sweep uh, by the Calgary Stampeders. I believe it's four. I was looking yesterday. It's either three of the last four or four of the last five. The Labor Day series has been swept by Calgary. And the uh, the other year, Edmonton won the rematch at home, and that was in 2015 when they went. Now I know Edmonton beat Calgary in, in a couple playoff games and regular season games that weren't on again part of the Labor Day series. So we talk about the Eskimos doing a lot of things well. Talk about the Eskimos having the second best record in the NHL. I, I think if you did power rankings, you would put them as the second best team, or not in the NHL in the CFL. I think, you know, a lot of the power rankings, a lot of the discussion says, yeah, they're they're the second best team. But who's sitting there again is the best team? A team that the Eskimos have rarely beaten recently. And, well, I guess by recently, you can go back quite a ways. And uh, the, the team that's the provincial rival and the team that has obviously stymied the Eskimos in the playoffs most of the time as well. Uh, Jeremy says, uh, in a, it's a timed competition. You get uh, 8 or 12 pierogies. Uh, it's been a few years uh, since I challenged for the metaphorical belt. Uh, you get 8 or 12 pierogies covered in butter and fried onions and a can of Coke. <laughs> I think th- this can't be right. He says, I think the record is 6 seconds for 9 pierogies. Impossible. You just must be swallowing them all whole as quickly as possible. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, don't say it's impossible. I, I don't Some even... things sound impossible, <laughs> but they may not actually be impossible. That's amazing. Improbable? Uh, MT texting in. He says, good afternoon, Reed. Sorry, brother. I got to disagree. Our past coverage for the last two years has been dismal. We've consistently been picked apart by good quarterbacks. Well, they're okay. Masoli did it. Uh, some better quarterbacks have done it. So, but here's the thing. If, if I'll, I'll ask you this, MT. 
if only the good quarterbacks are doing it, does that make it dismal pass coverage or does that make it average pass coverage? And is that on the the coaching or is that on execution by the athletes? You know, that's... And Mike Riley's picked apart a lot of... Mike Riley's picked apart a lot of defenses too. Do they have dismal pass coverage or is Riley just that good? That, that's the counter to look at that. Uh, but there have been, obviously, there have been games that have been pretty bleak. I'm just saying lately, last four games, you go by points allowed. Uh, the Eskimos defense is doing a pretty good job. You can text 63630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. More on the green and gold. You'll hear some comments from Wayne Gretzky. He spoke at Rogers Place today. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chat. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. 4-0 Red Sox leading the Blue Jays. That's in the top of the fifth. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, Larry from the West End has texted in. He goes, uh, uh, the Eskimos are horrible, almost lost to Saskatchewan. Every other team is worse than the Eskimos are. If Riley ever gets hurt, they're toast. Also, look at the good quarterbacks that the Eskimos got rid of, like Franklin and Mazzoli. I liked the CFL years ago, i.e. the Wilkie Moon era. If one quarterback didn't click, they put the other one in. Okay. Larry, you just you're exhausting me with texts like that. Look at the good quarterbacks the Eskimos got rid of. Jeremiah Mazzoli is doing very well in Hamilton. Uh, who are three and four on the season. Uh James Franklin has been benched in Toronto. Now maybe he's going to turn out to be really good. But I, I, how can you here? How can you actually call James Franklin a good quarterback? He hasn't played enough for us to have that information. Maybe someday he's going to be really good. He was benched in Toronto for a guy that uh, led a historic comeback on the weekend against Ottawa. Uh, yes, if Riley ever gets hurt, that would that would hurt, harm the Eskimos. I, I think pretty much every team can say that about their starter. That's uh, that's a fair comment. Uh, the the look, Larry. I'm gonna say, and I've said this before. The Wilkie Moon era is gone. I, I mean, what what pro football team uses two quarterbacks regularly? What good team? And how often did the Eskimos of that era really do it? There was a little bit of overlap, and then even Wilkie says after a while, because he's been in this studio saying it, that it was clear Moon was the better player. Now, yes, I know Wilkinson came off the bench in 81 and led the incredible comeback against Ottawa. Let's not get too hung up on one game and say that that's how you should run a team. One game that happened 37 years ago. I mean, I hear this argument all the time. And quite frankly, it's from older Eskimos fans who refuse to move their brains out of the past. And, and I watch those games too. So, you know, I'm an old, a slightly older fan myself. So, Larry, come on. James Franklin, a good quarterback? How do you know that? Maybe he will be. Maybe in five years we're going to say James Franklin's one that had a great five-year run. How do you know that right now?
this texter says, uh, has Mazzoli even played 18? Right? Can you check Mazzoli's games played? Kellen, can you break? He hasn't played a ton of games. He might be over 18 now. One texture says, Has Mazzoli ever uh, played, even played 18 regular season games? Uh, this texture goes on to say, Has James Franklin even played 10? What is Larry thinking? Like, does he watch pro football north or south of the 49th? Wow, now textures are coming back at Larry. This is fun. Uh, got another text here from Doug. He says, uh, the Eskimos defense has been better, but what worries me is they haven't played the better offensive teams yet, namely Calgary, Ottawa, and Winnipeg with a healthy starter. That's the true test, I think, and I hope they're gearing up for it. And, and that is fair. Have they played top-caliber quarterbacks? Uh, generally, no. Once they do, will they hold up? All I'm saying is they've beaten the teams who's been they they've beaten the team across from them that week, and they have been keeping the points against down. Now, yes, we can debate the quality of the competition for sure. Did they barely beat Saskatchewan? Okay, fine. But I, I mean, it's pretty black or white. You win or you you win or you lose. You're better on that day. I'd sooner be talking about them barely beating Saskatchewan than than losing to Saskatchewan. But if you want to critique wins, go ahead. What do you have, Kellen? Thirty-four games lifetime since his uh, start uh, debut in two, uh, what is it, two thousand thirteen? Yeah, twenty thirteen. So he's up to that many, eh? Yep. Yeah. All right. That's of course our beginning of this week. So of course he'll get the start. I don't know if he started that many games. Well, that's what we got here. But for, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, games played. Okay, fair enough. Games so played, he's yeah. he's still like he's still a starter with under uh, two years of experience. Fair enough. Uh, 6.25. Jason Moss, by the way, Eskimos head coach, commenting on the defense average of 20 points allowed over the last five. I think they've done a tremendous job. I think. Going through what we all went through with all the injuries, I think you kind of figure out real quick that hey, you got a coach who's in there, and don't worry about it. Be confident with the group, and that your coaching uh, has to get through to the players, the schemes, all that stuff. And I think they had a lot of practice at that last year, getting a lot of different people ready. So, um, you know, I think our team was deep again coming out of training camp. So the guys that are going in were capable of uh, performing the defenses that we were operating. Uh, Benny came up with different schemes every week, which helped. You know, helps as well. Offenses are caught off guard and they're not sure what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're mixing and matching people and schemes and different coverages, different fronts. Um, so it lends itself to, to, to be successful. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you need the players to, to perform out there. But I thought Benny did a great job of identifying where our strengths were um, and, and changing it up enough to keep people off balance and guessing. And when you're doing that as an offense, um, it's not generally good. So. Um, but I thought ultimately as well, I think our guys are coming together as a group and as a unit. You can see how close our defense is becoming. Um, no matter who's in there, they have an identity themselves. They get pressure on the quarterback. You know, they play well in the secondary. They stu- they definitely hit their gaps and let the linebackers scrape and, and, and make plays defensively. If you watch JC play right now, he's making a ton of plays, and a lot of tackles. And anytime your linebacker's making that many tackles, your D-line's doing their job. So, um, you know, and the other thing about our defense, I believe, is we're fast and we're physical. I mean, they absolutely will come down and hit you. And, um, you know, the one thing we talked about is, you know, um, just playing sound, good fundamental football, and I think we're doing that. All right, a little bit there from head coach Jason Moss. A lot of texts uh, rolling into 636. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's 30, responding to some of my comments, to uh, some of Larry's comments as well. We'll keep going with that. You'll hear from Wayne Gretzky, Inside Sports on 630 Chat. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, great to have you tuning in tonight. Uh, we've uh, wound up in some interesting uh, CFL Eskimos discussion. You can participate by texting 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Okay, a uh, few things here. Sam says, how come the guy in Calgary... He means Bo Levi, Bo Levi Mitchell has all day to throw the ball and hardly gets sacked. Riley is on his keister on almost every play. What gives? Is it rocket science? Uh, Mike Riley was sacked four times against Saskatchewan. In the previous six games, he was sacked four times. Uh, I don't think the Eskimos have had a protection problem, though, yes, Calgary has been outstanding. Uh, this is a good one. Pizza Guy Nick says, I hate when people say, that team would suck if that guy was injured. Welcome to essentially any team in any sport. That is from Pizza Guy Nick. Well, he's tr- he's right. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, Rob and I get that after Oilers games. Especially, to, like, not this past year, but the previous year when they were good. You know, we'd get the, well, what would the Oilers do if McDavid was injured? Well, they wouldn't be as good. I mean, what, like, there's no analysis for that. There's no in-depth... I mean, some guys aren't replaceable. If if Mike Riley gets hurt, the Eskimos will not be as good. I, it, there is no other plain way to state... There's no plainer way to state that. Like in if baseball, Bo Levi yeah. Mitchell gets hurt, the Calgary Stampeders will not be as good. Baseball. If when, uh, uh, Aaron Judge gets hurt, are the Yankees that are When Zach Kalaros was hurt, the Riders were not as good on offense. Right. They might be better. I mean, yes. Like what? What do you want me to say? Oh well, if if Mike Riley's uh, injured, Zach O'Brien will play as or Daniel O'Brien combining Zach Klein and Daniel O'Brien. Maybe if they combine them into one quarterback, they'd be as good as Riley. That's the only way. So, yes, that's like. I mean, yeah, there are certain roles on the in a team where, okay, um, you know, Vidal Hazelton got hurt. Some other receivers got shuffled around. The Eskimos have been able to adjust. You know, if, uh, if Drake Kajula gets hurt, the Oilers might be able to adjust and have people fill in and still do okay. If Mike Riley or Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl get hurt, your team is instantly not as good because that player can't be replaced with an equivalent. And that's, in, and that's not a GM or a coach's fault. <laughs> like, you, you, you need to have depth... But there's some guys that aren't replaced by depth. If Patrick Line gets hurt, the Winnipeg Jets will not have a guy who could score like he could score. So thank you, Pizza Guy Nick. Uh, this texter says, uh, is this who I think it is? Uh, 
I'm not sure who this is. Uh, but this is a good text. I don't mean to sound like an egotistical Stampeders fan, but it does bother us a little bit when people are discussing the CFL and they try to put any team into their league. In my opinion, it's almost like an eight-team league to see who plays Calgary in the West Final or the Grey Cup. And don't give me how many playoff losses they've had over two seasons because how many has the rest of the league had? Uh, some have none. Two have one each, and the rest have just as many playoff losses. And then this texture says, Stampeder rant over. Well, look, here, here's the thing. And I, I don't think you're being an egotistical Stamps fan because, I mean, just listen to this. I'm only going to go back five years, and there were several excellent seasons before this. The, here are the last five regular seasons for the Stampeders starting last year. 13 wins, 15 wins, 14 wins, 15 wins, 14 wins. And this year they're 7-0. and So they're probably going to win at least 14 again. Um, but but I, I think I, I, to that texture, I, I don't think people are, are disrespecting the Stampeders. And I think that there's a recognition how elite they have been and and are, but I do think the playoff losses factor into it, the losses in the Grey Cup. Now, have there been some highly unusual plays? I mean, a 109-yard fumble return or whatever the yardage was, that may never happen again, especially in a Grey Cup. But it happens against the Stampeders. And I'll say to that texture, whether it's fair or not, it raises the question of how come the Stampeders haven't done it in those big games. And unfortunately, that, that's what they're remembered for. And in 50 years from now, no one's going to look back on the uh, 2017 season and say, oh, Toronto over Calgary in the Grey Cup. Oh, but Calgary was 13-4-1, so they must have been better. No, the, the people who weren't born in 2017 are just going to be like, oh, Toronto beat Calgary that year. Okay. So, I, I mean, and I, I, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to troll the, the Stamps or Calgary, but the bottom line, and be the same thing if it happened to the Eskimos or whoever. If you don't get it done in the big game, it's, it's going to detract maybe from some other accomplishments. Is that fair? Probably not, but, but you know, pro sports and life ain't always fair, baby. Rick, 780-496-0063. Hey, Rick. Hey, a couple of things. I'm all for international ice surface and the size of it only because of injury. The speed of the game is phenomenal. I used to look at Pavel Burry, and he could go end-to-end, and I'm telling you, it was uh, phenomenal, and it was unbelievable. And now we're seeing Connor McDavid do it. He got hurt. Uh, I think he tripped and fell into the boards and hurt his shoulder. It's concerning to me that the players are so fast. But the reason I'm calling is I phoned in some time ago, and question the coaching of the Edmonton Oilers when McDavid blocked a shot and the, uh, you had a guest on or someone on, on this channel had a guest on and the guest was more or less stating that everybody blocked shots. Well, hold on. You don't want to lose your star player blocking shots. So, I questioned the coaching and now I'm hearing from you guys all about injuries. You better not lose your star player. Well, obviously your star player can't um, can be blocking shots. So, my questioning, my questioning was to the coaching and that he should have been on top of that. And if McDavid's going to block shots, he uses his stick only. That's it. Get out of the way. You can't afford to lose a guy like McDavid last year, this year, or next year. It just can't happen. Anyway, I no, enjoy your show. Hang on, Rick. Hang on, Rick. That, that's a, yep. I want you to stay on the line because you brought up some good points. Um, good. Okay, the size of the ice surface 
Are you saying? Uh, let's start there. Are you saying you would like the NHL to expand the size of the ice? Yes, to the international side. Okay, but okay. I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but you know they won't do it because they're not going to no, take no, all I, those seats out, and they they want a physical, pounding, hard to move around in game. It's just the mentality yeah, of the NHL. Yes, they do. They like the the blood, sweat, and tears, and and I understand that that part and parcel how it sells the game, but. I'm a, more of a traditionalist when I watch the game. I'd rather see the skill than I would... Um, the grunt you know, work. Five, Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I understand. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The, yeah. the blocking shots discussion, I, 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 uh, if I remember the game, Connor McDavid blocked the shot against Montreal on December 23rd. He played against Winnipeg on December 27th. If it wasn't for the Christmas break, I think Connor would have missed one game. I think it was well, bad enough. Now, I don't here, here's the thing, I don't, though. Rick, just hang on. I, I, I understand what you're saying, and I think it was Kelly who was on a few days after, and Rob and I probably talked about it after that game. I, I don't think a coach... I don't think a coach would ever specifically go to a player and say, get out of the way. I, I, just, I just don't think that that would be a way they would treat players, you know, in, in the team environment. I, let me chime in. Yep. Belichick, Belichick and Brady was my example. Uh, Brady, once he gets that ball to his running back, he gets out of the way, and there's no question about he's not going to block. Brady is the franchise, and McDavid is our franchise. So I'll tell you what, I, again, here, my point was this. I was questioning the coaching, not whether McDavid did it or shouldn't do it. In that dressing room, there's certain players that are untouchable. When Wayne Gretzky played, Dave Semina, he, he I'll tell you what, he didn't even have to step on the ice for people to know you just don't touch grass, you leave them alone. At the end of the day, the game has changed a little bit, but it hasn't sure. changed in one way. Your star player can't be at risk, and that's what you guys are just saying. You just said that. That's what made me phone in. Right. No, well, I, I, said, I said if your star goes down, your team <laughs> will, will be worse, regardless of the team. But but at risk. I mean, if you're the quarterback in pro football, you're you're at risk. If let's let's stick to the shot blocking argument. And and I I, I under I totally understand what you're saying. And I I think Rick, in some ways, I even agree with you saying. But I I think there are some realities of the mentality of the NHL that that we have to accept. And plus, Rick, sometimes you're going to get hit by a puck whether you mean to or not. Right, I mean, no, the pucks are flying yeah. in. You can get hit in the foot without trying to block it. Sometimes it's going to hit you in the foot. I mean, Matt well, Hendricks. He, when Matt Hendricks blocked a shot, uh, I don't know if you remember the year they were good. They beat Chicago four or five nothing one night. The Blackhawks just stunk, and Hendricks blocked a point shot with five minutes left, and, or with five seconds left, and hobbled off the ice. And and people were calling into Rob and I saying, "Why would Matt?" bother blocking the shot and and rob said matt Hendricks has decided how he has to play so i mean Hendricks isn't a star but by your argument would would have Hendricks been stupid for blocking a shot late in a guaranteed win well there's a couple different factors one is as a franchise is hinging on mcdavid sure and we're saddened to see that the oilers have taken a tumble the way they did so my argument is this you protect your star player I mean, Sidney Crosby goes in the corner and smells popcorn. He's sitting out for a game for a possible concussion. So at the end of the day, your star player is your whole franchise. That's what it's all about. Sure. I mean, so, I mean, my argument, you have, you have a good argument. I do, too. International ice surface, we'd see better skill. The game would change. 
I don't like the trap, uh, D to D, down to the, the forward, back to the D. I mean, it's so boring, it's ridiculous. And the, the old school, the best hockey you'd ever would have seen was Wayne Gretzky on the ice with uh, Yari Curry and all those guys, and there was no trap. The guys were going hard. Rick, so, I'll, anyway. Rick I'll just say this. Uh, the acquisitions of Reader and Brodziak could mean McDavid kills fewer penalties, and that's where a lot of accidental and intentional shot blocking happens. So maybe if you see that, you'll be calling me 20 games in, and you'll like that at least. <laughs> Okay. Okay. It sounds good. All right. That's uh, Rick seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Good call. My argument is just like I said, the mentality of of the modern NHL is you got to get in shooting lanes, and I don't know if a I don't know if a coach would ever specifically say to a star, "Don't bother taking that shot away." Everybody. I mean, a coach might say to a star like, "Okay." I don't need you going down Craig Ludwig style to block a shot, but I, I think they got to put some defensive responsibilities on everybody. Uh, Rick's right. Shot blocking can cause injuries. I mean, uh, Nuge was blocking a shot when he hurt his hand, right? Had his hand down by his knees. I, I, I would just say there, there's the expectation that players of all calibers get in shooting lanes and I don't, I don't think it's bad coaching to have not told the star player that he doesn't have to do that. I guess that's where, where I would come. The, the realities are is, is that's how they play the game. But, sure, I, I understand what Rick is saying. I mean, I guess if you were a coach, would you go to players A, B, and say, and say, hey, guys, don't block shots. I'm going to go tell the other 15 skaters to do it. And you guys just get out of the way and let them fire away. I don't know if that would work in the team environment, but uh, interesting, uh, interesting uh, point there. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You know, so text six thirty six thirty. Travis says the Calgary Stampeders are the CFL equivalent of the Washington Capitals, at least until this year. Great team can't seem to finish. We're back after the break. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Uh, what is it today? It is Wednesday today. We have a football game tomorrow 6 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff the game will begin at 8 Eskimos at Lions Brendan Ulrich will be uh, hosting the show on Friday I'm going to have a little bit of holiday time coming up I will miss you but uh, some family commitments some good family commitments so that'll be uh, fun to uh, I got a cousin getting married on Saturday got a cousin visiting from Edmonton I'll be hanging out with some other cousin visiting from Ontario I should say so that'll be fun for a few days Kellen I miss Kennedy you too. On the other side, what's that, Kellen? I miss you too. I'm not here Friday either, so. All right. Well, that's, <laughs> we're not spending time together. No, we are. I, I quickly here non-sports related. Topic. Okay, go for it. Uh, and I do want to get uh, do want to get back to the text line, and we got a whole bunch of Wayne Gretzky comments to get to. More these coming up. Have you seen the commercials for that giant shark movie? Yes. I, Meg, okay. or whatever it is. Forgive me for probably being the most childish 44-year-old man on the planet. I'm excited about that film. Is it? Uh, the Meg. It? It's called The Meg. It's about a prehistoric shark that's swimming around. And I, well, I assume he just starts eating people. What was the name of that movie that was being advertised last summer that you were really excited about? 
We hit on it like probably. Oh, uh, Debbie does. No, no, sorry, that was no. something else. Um, I don't remember. But it was uh, it was another Star Wars. No, I, was I'm another... always excited for the Star Wars movies. It was another Sharknado esque uh... Piranha. One of the Piranha movies. Mm, that was a long maybe, time ago. That, that was a long time ago though. But it was something. That you were like really excited about. But I, 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 I got the s- same feeling watching that trailer for the Meg that I did for watching the trailer from that movie you were telling me last I, year. I will say this I from remember. the movies I've seen recently: mm. uh, Mission Impossible, Fallout, loved it. Yes, fun, fun oh. movie, good action. Mm-hmm. Uh, skyscraper, terrible. Yeah, that's that, what that's, I heard. I didn't even. That, that go is a see terrible it. movie. Skyscraper is mm. out and out awful. Right. Speaking of the Calgary Stampeders. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne Johnson was briefly uh, a Calgary Stampeder. Anyway, maybe I'll go see the Meg with my cousin. There you go. We, we, we're 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 just immature enough to probably enjoy it. Giant shark. <laughs> Can't go wrong. That, what's the premise for a movie? I wonder if that's how they come up with premises for movies. Uh, how about a shark? No, no, no. Uh, giant shark. Yes. There you go. There you go. All right. You can text 630, 630. Um, Darcy, the VAC truck driver, says, uh, remember that hockey players have the mentalities to win, so if it's the player's mindset that he wants to get in front of the puck, that is uh, what he's going to do, talking about a uh, shot blocking. Uh, Jordy says that show is uh, Jaws on steroids. And Kevin says, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, it's a megalodon, not a giant shark. I thought a megalodon was a giant shark. Well, Kevin, I'm I'm sorry. I honestly feel bad. I, I would not want to. Uh, uh, I think it's megalodon. This is from Wikipedia, meaning big tooth is an extinct species of shark that lived approximately 23 to 2.6 million years ago. That's according to Wikipedia. So it's a kind of shark. Mm-hmm. I got concerned for a second because the, it said approximately 23, and I was like, 23 years ago? But then it was like 23 to 2.6 million years no, ago. No, 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 so it's a long time long, ago. Long, long time ago. Long, long time ago. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't want to offend any shark specialists out there. What do you call someone who studies sharks? Now there's something else I have to know. Sharkologist. <laughs> that's, that's, well, I guess that could be. Study of sharks. Uh, shark biologist? I think you're just a shark biologist. I don't know if there would be many in Edmonton, given we're a, a landlocked nation. Landlocked lock, city. Okay, uh, 7804960063. You can text 63630. We're getting a lot of good texts tonight. So, here's what's going to happen, everybody. I have, a pro- I have a homework project for you in the next 20 minutes. Because we're going to have Morley on the show at 7.05. He's going to give us an Eskimos uh, preview. Uh, as I've said several times on the show, I am not married. I do not have any children. And as a, as a youth, I did, guess what? I did not play sports at a high level. So I, I can't relate to the experience of being a high-level athlete myself or having a child who's maybe going through minor hockey, football, soccer, or whatever. Here's a clip from Wayne Gretzky today during his news conference about uh, how Bobby Orr said, you know, he's kind of against summer hockey and Gretzky's thoughts on, on summer hockey. So have a listen to this. Awesome. I, I'm, I'm a big believer of Bobby Orr. I, I agree with that. I've always said that from a lot of years that, you know, when I was 12, 13, 14, I played baseball, lacrosse, track and field. Um, 
I think all those sports helped me be a better hockey player. I think there's a little bit of an unfair balance. Some kids can't afford to play in the summertime. They can't afford to play all year. And they think they get left behind. And to me, that's not true. In a lot of ways, those kids, by playing soccer and lacrosse, I think those sports help their hockey. And when I finished hockey in April, mid-April usually, I threw my bag in the basement and I didn't get it back until after Labor Day. I never skated in the summertime. I didn't go to hockey schools. My parents couldn't afford it, to be quite honest. Um, so I played baseball, lacrosse. I played those sports and I think they helped my hockey career. And the other thing about it was every time I came back in September, I was fresh and excited to play again because I hadn't skated for three or four months. Um, and even when I was in the NHL, I very rarely skated until the first week of September because we didn't start camp in those days till September 17, 18. So I just, I never went to, I never skated until uh, a couple weeks before. Now you train and get ready physically, you got to do that. But I think that by not skating in the off season, I was always a lot fresher in January, February when you have, you know, it's a little bit of a downtime because it's a long year. All right, so there's the great one and another of the greatest of all time, Bobby Orr, uh, saying let's have kids play a lot of sports, uh, not do hockey year-round. Now, to make the NHL these days, uh, you, you have to commit you kind of early as a kid. So you can text 630-630, and I'll take calls later, but let's get the text built up while Morley's on. If you are a parent of an elite athlete or a really good athlete, what has been your experience with year-round sports, whether it's hockey or something else? Uh, have you found it's too much for your kid? Have you found it's too hard on your pocketbook? Have you tried to encourage your kid to play other sports? Or have you said, no, you got to go for it? Or maybe uh, you're somebody who's gone through this yourself as an athlete. I'd love to know what you think by texting 630-630, and we'll uh, take calls if there are any after Morley's on. We're back after the news. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.